0: Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by Asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me is Kristen Guile and Cindy Kuzma.
1: Good morning, Gina.
2: Hey, Gina.
0: And Kristen, this week you talked to Pat Gillis, who is currently America's most inspiring trainer, according to Well and Good and Reebok. Yeah, I had the honor of speaking to Pat, who won this
1: America's Most Inspiring Trainer contest in 2017. It was a contest in which hundreds and thousands of people voted, and they chose him to represent Reebok and to be known as the most inspiring trainer across
0: all of America, and it was a delight. And what's interesting about Pat's victory is that he was up against a lot of trainers in this sort of public voting process. I remember I voted for trainers. Uh, One of our great friends was also up for it. But the trainers who were also up for this, a lot of them were in big cities with large social followings. And then you have Pat, who is in Madison, Wisconsin, who ended up taking home the prize. How do you think he did it? Yeah, I thought this was so interesting.
1: When I was researching Pat and I was looking at the finalists that he was up against for this contest, I think there were 12 of them total. And there were a ton of people from big fitness cities like LA, like New York, like Boston. And they came from big brand name gyms as well. I think someone from Everybody Fights was on there. And there was just a lot of people who you would expect like, oh, this person on paper looks like they've got the power to win this contest. And Pat, meanwhile, he started his gym, which is called Pat's Gym, out of his parents' garage and has grown it and built such a community while staying in Madison, Wisconsin, even when he recognized that it might be the more traditional path or the more lucrative move to move to L.A. or New York or even Chicago to pursue a sort of fitness influencer and trainer career. But anyway, at the end of the day, with his community They rallied behind him and he ended up winning against all of the other people who had arguably bigger social followings just because of the community that he's built in Madison and how he's impacted the people through his work with Pat's gym. You know, he sees them every day. He works hard for his individual clients and by teaching his group classes, and he ended up winning the contest by a pretty significant margin. So I think that just goes to show the power of a grassroots community movement in supporting someone who's really had a positive effect on that community.
2: And at Pat's gym, he builds more than muscles, right? He's also building mental toughness. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So right off the bat, when I asked Pat what big goal he was working towards, or what big goal he had achieved in the past, he went straight to mental toughness and how he passionately believed that it was a muscle that you could develop and that you could train yourself. And I asked him how he went about training that mental toughness muscle, and it was pretty simple and I think something that we can all do. He would take on something that was super difficult and then just do it. Just push past the discomfort and the, I don't want us. And his example was Ironman Madison. If you've seen pictures of Pat, you know that he does not have a typical runner's physique. Uh, he's a little more beefy than that. So he was not looking forward to that challenge of having to be an endurance athlete throughout this training. He would just tell himself over and over again, I love running. I love running. I love running. I love it. And as soon as that race was over, he went right back to hating it, but he accomplished what he set out to do and successfully tricked his brain into completing this huge endurance
2: endeavor. Wow. I didn't know it was that easy. I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I love running. And he also turned down a couple of other potential careers to follow this path, right?
1: Yeah. So Pat, uh, it seems, was a multiple threat athlete throughout his life. He turned down professional careers in hockey, golf, and sailing to pursue coaching. It was really interesting to talk to him now that he's, you know, got some space in the rearview mirror on how that has all played out. He acknowledged that once when, when he did walk away from those opportunities, he had no idea how they were going to turn out, but he knew that he could live with the consequences. And that was what made it okay for him to sort of take that step back. He feels that it's worked out ultimately for the best because he recognizes if he were a professional athlete, he wouldn't be able to have those intimate connections and personally affect the people that he's coaching. He wouldn't be able to reach as many people as intimately as he can. And he's really dedicating himself to spreading a love of fitness and health as far as he can reach. And he's much more easily able to do that as a coach than if he
0: were a professional athlete and public figure. Well, he certainly is inspiring to this group, and I can understand why people would find him to be the most inspiring trainer. So here is Kristen with Pat. And goal getters, don't go anywhere. At the end of this episode, you'll wanna hear from goal getters just like you, out there achieving and setting big, big goals.
3: Yeah, I will be on the road, I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal.
1: Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. My name is Kristen Gile, and today I am talking with Pat Gillis, the owner of Pat's Gym in Madison, Wisconsin, and America's Most Inspiring Trainer. Pat, how are you today?
4: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
1: Good. Glad to hear it. Well, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today and to hear more about how you want America's Most Inspiring Trainer And everything that you are up to these days. But let's jump right in with the first question that we ask every guest who comes on our podcast. And that is to ask you about a big goal you've accomplished in the past. Why was it important? And how did you get there?
4: I would say a big goal that I accomplished in the past was actually working on my mental toughness. And that might be kind of a broad um, goal for some. But in all the sports and um, athletics and even jobs and experiences I've had, mental toughness seems to be the biggest area that is important to work and take you to the next level. Meaning when you strive to do something, usually the mind gets in the way. So my goal of training mental toughness was to throw myself in situations where I would want to quit. Um, I wouldn't want to do it. My body wouldn't want to perform the way I want it to and push through those barriers to achieve something and then kind of learn that things can always be worse or things can always be better at the same time, but finding ways to push through those hard times.
1: Interesting. Do you have a specific example in mind of one of those times where you really threw yourself into something really difficult?
4: Definitely. Um, I mean you take example one goal i had was training for ironman wisconsin um ironman wisconsin now i'm not an endurance athlete i kind of i played college golf and hockey so i'm more of a a power endurance type of athlete but I, i decided to sign up on a whim uh to do ironman which is swim bike and run long distances and i for the whole time the year of training i told myself i love running The minute I stopped doing Ironman and completed that goal, I no longer loved running and I was more realistic with myself. (laughs) Um, But it's kind of tricking the mind into something. And then again, if you believe it enough and tell yourself enough, your body will actually follow that advice.
1: Do you use any mantras or any, you know, power phrases that you repeat to yourself during those times of mental toughness?
4: Um, yeah, a few things, because that that's part of the battle when you're doubting yourself. And I always say the closest to not succeeding is right before you succeed is the closest you're not going to succeed. So I, I have a thing where you, do you remember the old VHS tape?
1: I do. I am that old.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you could put it in and you could record over it. So if I had a bad message in my mind, I would put it on a vh tape and I would actually record over it in my mind. Sometimes I've, I did that in a run or bike or my sailing experience. I would do that, you know, 40, 50 times if need be. And it seemed to work um, until you convey the right messages. And then also in those experiences, once you have success doing that, it becomes easier and easier to do that. And that's the same thing with every time you fail or quit or feed into those bad messages it's easier to do that as well. So teaching your, your mind with the right messages, conveying that, getting rid of um, those bad messages, and it only becomes easier with practice and time.
1: And I know you still work with a lot of clients today through Pat's Gym and one-on-one training and online coaching. How do you instill that in other people? Because it's one thing for you as a you know former athlete, and I think you've nearly gone pro in a couple of sports, it's one thing for you to be able to develop mental toughness but how do you teach that in terms of someone who's just coming to your gym or you know, a stay-at-home mom who's just trying to get in a 30-minute workout when she can?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big thing I like to teach, like you said, uh, through personal training classes or definitely through online coaching is is figuring out, okay, failure is a good thing. Failure leads to better things and we learn a lot from failure. So most people are a, scared to even fail because they're going to be thrown to the wolves or are embarrassed or self-conscious. But I, I like to teach that failure is a good thing. So if we put ourselves in right situations, we realize, hey, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? It actually wasn't that bad. And this is how we push through it. And the more you, we put ourselves in those situations, Um, Whether it's a physical test, a mental test, etc., you can succeed from that but also apply that to everything in your life. So if someone comes in the gym and let's say we put them through a 500-meter ski all out, let's say uh, at the end of it, they don't hit their number. I give them a projection, a standard, I want you to hit this. You don't hit this number. Okay, why didn't we hit this number? Is it physical? Is it mental? And then how do we learn from that? So again, I like to do it where you set them up in situations that aren't as subjective and the numbers don't lie and then improve on that. So very specific things we test, but also um, you apply it to your everyday life in work or you have that tough day at the job, a deadline, etc. How are you telling yourself the right thoughts after that experience?
1: I love that you brought up failure uh, because we actually released a podcast episode today on which we sort of pulled from our past episodes talking about famous failures that our guests had had and then dissecting our own failures. So now I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to tell me about a time that you failed really hard.
4: (laughs) Perfect. And actually, when I was sailing professionally, I was training for the Olympics and I ended up taking second, alternate, didn't make my goal of reaching to the Olympics. But what that did is it taught me how to work harder and how to push more. And, and I always say with failure, once you fail from something, analyze and learn everything possibly you can from that situation and then let it go. So a lot of people, I think, use failure And they don't learn everything they need to from it or it overpowers them. And then they want to never do it again or avoid it as opposed to what can I take away from that and how can I be better from it. So sailing was definitely one of those times. I didn't reach my end goal, but I I definitely apply that to everyday activities, everyday stresses that helps me get over that now.
1: Okay, we're going to take a five-minute tangent because professional sailing is something that I know nothing about. And I know from your background that you considered professional careers in hockey and in golf. And both of those, I can kind of grasp, but tell me about how you got into sailing and What made it such a fulfilling challenge for you to take on?
4: Yeah, so my parents grew up on the lake. I always was exposed to the water, but I never really had time to to get out on a sailboat that much. So my neighbor, he had had a catamaran, so it's a multi-haul boat. It's a two-person boat. I went out the first time with that, and, and they have this thing called the trapeze wire. So you hang out way over the water, and these boats are going like 20, 30 miles an hour, and even more so you can actually ski behind these boats. And um, we hit a big wave, I flew all the way around the boat, nailed my arm, got a huge raspberry. And ever since that moment, I actually fell in love with it because I'm like, (laughs) this is actually pretty intense. So from that point, I I met up with another hockey player um, who was a skipper, kind of did a tryout, ended up making the US sailing team and devoted uh, a couple years of my life to sailing full time, competing at a professional level. And that was one of the most unique experiences I've had.
1: Yeah, it seems like sailing is a big payoff with some really great travel involved, I would imagine.
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, I lived in Miami. I lived in uh, San Diego for a while, and then we traveled all over the world. One of my most memorable races was sailing in the worlds in Australia. That was a really neat experience it's It's one thing to sail in the lake with some you know carp or maybe the worst thing is a garfish, but sailing with you know sea snakes and saltwater crocodiles it it brings a new element to the game for sure.
1: Oh my God, <laughs> that sounds wild, yeah. One thing that I think was really interesting when I was researching you before this interview is that you turned down opportunities to go pro in hockey and golf and sailing. And I think for many people listening to this podcast and even for a lot of the people we've already interviewed for the podcast, going pro would be an ultimate goal. Like that would be something they would spend their life reaching for. And you turned those opportunities down. So I'm curious to know how... You knew that saying no would benefit you in the long run and how turning down those opportunities opened different doors for you to lead you where you are today.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when I was in those situations at the time, I made the decision uh, to go a different path as opposed to going pro. Um, I didn't know at the time exactly which path would be better or not. All I did is trust my gut. And I always say, I don't think there's a wrong decision. You just have to be willing to deal with those consequences. So I knew if I was going to devote 100% of my time going pro in one of those sports, which is what it takes, um, the specificity of that, you're going to give up certain things. And some things I wasn't willing to give up, I wouldn't be able to spread health and, and healthy habits and fitness in all of these individuals' lives. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to you know, probably stay in Madison where I have a community and then a support system as well as my family. Um, I probably would have been a little different mentally or the way I thought my thought process of thinking would have been different as well. So I'm very happy I made those decisions at the time. I didn't really know it was the right or wrong, but you have to trust your gut in the end. And again, be willing to live with whatever decision you make because there's no wrong or right. It's just a different path and I'm very grateful the path that I chose in the situation I'm in now.
1: Well, you've been all over the world, but you are back in Madison, Wisconsin now and that's where you currently own and train out of your gym, Pat's Gym, and you seem like kind of a hometown hero and I'm curious about that because I know when trainers like yourself start to build a pretty big following, the popular move is often to move to Los Angeles or New York or somewhere where you can be outdoors more frequently, what was so important for you for keeping Madison as your home base?
4: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love Madison. I fell in love with Madison. It brought me back here. I think the most important thing, I'm I'm more of a laid back person when it comes to lifestyle and family. So I, I don't like huge lines. I don't like a ton of traffic. I would rather um, spend more time doing, you know, workouts or, working with individuals to help on fitness goals as opposed to the big city where sometimes things get lost or things get too hectic. And um, I don't want to use the word sellout, but it seems to be um, people go for the next bigger thing. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have a good following in Madison, but I always wanted to reach more people. And I uh, most people think you have to do that by moving away. But I think if you build the foundation and the community um, word gets out and you can build all over the world. Um, and that's what I did with online coaching at this, but also stay to your roots, stay true to your home. And um, it kind of goes from there.
1: What kind of community is your gym like in Madison? And how have you focused on building that environment?
4: Yep, I, I think community, um, the one we have in Pat's gym is, is very unique. Um, you, if you come in the door. Uh, most people always say, hey, I have to get in shape before I come to Pat's gym. Um, unfortunately, that, that's not true. Uh, we help people get in shape. But uh, there is an intimidation level. But once you come through the door, there's no fancy mirrors. There's there's no comfy chairs. And everyone is very inviting and motivating in unique ways. So the, the number one rule, I think, that helps individuals come through the door is uh, Everyone needs to be goal oriented and then everyone needs to be dedicated to that goal. So I'll take anyone from a NHL player to an Olympian to someone learning how to walk again as long as they are willing to follow basically the plan I lay out and are goal oriented. It's not really a, hey, let's come in, let's goof off. This is social. Um, there is a social element, but everyone knows they're working towards something bigger.
1: So with such a wide variety of clients and people who walk into Pat's gym said being goal oriented is the most important thing. What do you think is most important for people to remember about setting personal goals, whether it's in the gym or outside of the gym? And would you tie that back into the mental toughness that you mentioned early?
4: I think one of the most important things for goal setting is A, you have to be realistic. What is your goal? And and then B okay, it took you this long to get where you are now, you have to be realistic how long it's going to take you to get to that next point. Because I think a lot of individuals, especially in today's society, expect everything to happen instantly and, and right away and extremely fast. And and most of the time, things you get, if you get something very easily, it's probably not as worth as much as if you have to work hard to get to that point. So when we talk about goals, it's okay, here's the goal. That's fine. But I'm going to be a realistic how to get to that point the fastest how long it takes to get to that point. And hey, from point A to point B, this is what you have to do. If you're not going to do this, it's going to take longer. But that's you have to be okay with that.
1: Yeah, it sort of sounds like you're saying that a big part of goal setting is managing expectations and uh, making sure that they're both you know, realistic with a little bit of a reach involved to keep it interesting.
4: Absolutely. So If someone comes to me and they say, hey, I want a six-pack, but they're not going to give up drinking alcohol, okay, we can get there, but it's going to take a little longer, going to be a little harder. At the same time, if you come to me and let's say you've treated your body like an amusement park for the last 10 years, okay, it's not going to happen in in a month where you're going to just instantly be 100% healthy. So you got to break down. Obviously, there's different levels, but be realistic and honest with yourself. And I'll do that as well.
1: Let's switch tracks a little bit. I want to hear more about your title of most inspiring trainer that you won at the end of 2017. How did you hear about that contest in the first place?
4: Yeah, I actually, my wife kind of brought it to my attention. And then I was nominated through some of the athletes that I work with through Pat's Gym. Um, so I, I kind of heard through the grapevine I, grapevine, I was nominated. So I was pretty excited, didn't really know that much about it. Then the more I went into the details, I thought, hey, this is actually pretty exciting. What a great opportunity. And then I was a finalist. It ended up being chosen for that. And if you look at all the finalists, most of them were from, you know, like you said before, big cities, L.A. and Boston and New York. So, again, I think it speaks to the community getting behind me, kind of seeing uh, the small town uh, business owner taking things to the next level. And it just snowballed from there and got a lot of attention. And, and I ended up winning that award, which was very um, humbling and and very exciting at the same time.
1: Congratulations. That's amazing.
4: Thank you. After
1: you won, how did things change for you and for Pat's gym and for your wife and family?
4: So I I think the biggest change was definitely the exposure and kind of more being under a microscope, especially through the social media aspect. But a lot of exposure to the gym meant a lot more people, you know, inquiring about what it's all about. And that's where online coaching really kind of took it to the next level as well, which again was one of my big goals to reach a broader vast majority of people to help them with fitness.
1: You know, you mentioned that online coaching has become a big part of what you do every day, and I'm curious to know, I think there must be something very different about inspiring people in person and motivating them when you're standing right next to them as they're fighting through those last few reps or fighting to hit a certain pace on the rower. How does that differ when you're coaching somebody online and maybe you don't have that same face-to-face connection?
4: Yeah, so I, I, you you're nailed it on the head. A lot of people think, hey, accountability and motivation can only happen when you're in person, one-on-one type of thing. So what I developed is a system where they're they're interacting with me on a daily basis. So I know if they're doing their workout, I know how they feel after their workout. I know if they hit their numbers, if they didn't, if A is bringing them closer to the goal or not. And so it's it's a 24-hour it's a type of gig working with these individuals, talking to them on a daily basis through a really good exercise library platform that I created on the Patch Gym website.
1: You know, the title that they chose for this contest, especially Most Inspiring Trainer, I think that's a really interesting choice of a way to uh, distinguish somebody. When I think about inspiring others, it usually requires a lot of giving yourself to these people and it's almost giving away a piece of yourself that you have to fulfill back up eventually. So I want to know who inspires you or how do you stay inspired on a daily basis?
4: Well, it's it's, it's funny because on a daily basis, you know, I'm, I'm working with all these individuals on different goals and and in a sense they're doing things because they don't want to let themselves down but also don't want to let me down that I'm spending my time you know programming and and talking to them and communicating with them so they inspire me to be honest if if they can do it I can do it and I always say I want to lead from the front and I'll never make someone do something I'm not willing to do or have not done so every day the athletes I work with are an inspiration to me and I usually work out with my wife on a daily basis. She's another big inspiration as well for me to work harder and push myself each day.
1: And I think you and your wife have a family as well, right? You got a couple Correct. of kids. A
4: right. couple, couple of young kids, you bet, seven and five.
1: Are you raising a couple of future sailors or hockey players or what?
4: <laughs> yeah, you, you know, they're doing a little bit of everything. Right now, uh, they've, they've tapped, they've dove into sailing for sure, Um they they're doing hockey this summer, golf and tennis, and but the big thing is they work out with us every day or at least the weekends, and they think it's normal. Mm-hmm. And I know we might be viewed sometimes the way we work out as um, not normal, but this should be their norm. And
1: speaking of getting the family involved, I think I read that you started Pat's Gym out of your parents' garage. Is it just wild to you to see how far you've come since then? And you know, how did you get started? just based out of the garage and move from there.
4: Yeah, I mean, every day I'm very grateful and where where we've come, how far we've come. And again, the community that's been built. Starting out of my parents' garage was amazing that they let me have that opportunity and amazing that individuals would actually come to a location kind of in the middle of nowhere to train, to work hard, where it was either too hot or too cold and, and they put up with it. So that's when I kind of knew If individuals were that motivated to reach goals, even in situations like that, I felt like I could make a difference with maybe even a better setup as a gym and do the things that I wanted to do to teach those individuals to take it to the next level.
1: We'll finish up with the last question that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast. So that is, what's a big goal of yours for the future? Why is it important? And how are you planning to get there?
4: Perfect. So I, I think uh, my goal for the future is to reach a broader base and more individuals to help them create a healthy lifestyle. Make fitness a priority. Uh, it's important to me for many reasons. Obviously, I value fitness, but I love when someone pushes through those barriers with health and then mental toughness and takes everything in their life to the next level. So that's that's why it's so important to me. And how I'm going to get there is definitely through podcasts like this, talking to individuals like yourself, and then uh, more outreach of online coaching. That's a big uh, way to do it because I really, again, make it interactive and kind of take out any excuse not to do it.
1: And then do you plan on ever expanding Pat's gym or is it going to remain a hometown gym in Madison, Wisconsin?
4: Well, for sure, we're going to keep the one here, but there are possibilities where we will be expanding in the future to some different locations for sure across the US and then maybe beyond that.
1: And before we go, where can people find you on the internet? Where can they find Pat's Gym? Or if they want to get online coaching from you, how do they go about finding you?
4: Yep, so they can go to www.patsgym.com. Um, they could email me, pat at pat'sgym.com. And then uh, a simple search is the easiest probably way to do that.
1: Well, congratulations on everything that you've achieved so far and to you and your family for turning this gym and community into such a lifestyle for everyone in Madison and all your online customers. Thanks so much for talking with us today, Pat.
4: Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk again.
2: Hey, Goal Getters, Cindy Kozma here, just checking back in to introduce a goal from one of you, our listeners. We're super excited that we can feature you all in this way, and we hope that you will want to share one of your goals with us too. You can do it by recording a voice memo and emailing it to me, cindy at asweatlife.com. Tell us about a goal you've achieved, a goal you have your sights set on, anything you want to share about your goal getting strategies. And you could be featured on an upcoming episode of We Got Goals. Here is one of you and your goals. I
3: reaching for
4: I'm
3: Cecily and I am I live in Chicago but originally from Free Bay, Wisconsin. I think the biggest thing for me in terms of like actually going after my goals is writing them down and I have like a physical checklist so then as I do things, little things along the way, it feels like a bigger accomplishment than what it might seem if you're just thinking about it but then it's like one step at a time, you keep getting closer and closer and kind of as you do that you can like break those little goals up into... Into even smaller ones that feel like bigger accomplishments as you get closer to the ultimate goal. I buy a lot of notebooks from TJ Maxx, and then usually they're all like really weird ones that have notes already in them, which I think are fun and like help you be creative on your own when you have other people's words in there or just. You know whatever is published already in that notebook that's just something to kind of like keep your fuel going to see like whatever like weird notebook it was or if it's like any other kind of book just to like write my own notes in there that those other people's words like made me think of in order to like set my own goals based off of what worked or didn't work for other people because i think that kind of you can take other people's experiences and turn them into your own and how they relate to your life. Yeah. So then, I just like to like write things down, and as I go, I can kind of incorporate them more into my life, or see what a better way to attack them is. If I'm going after the little goal multiple, multiple times, and it's just it's not forming into what I want it to be, or I'm not able to like get after it the way I want to, I can break that up into something else, and and go after it a different way. When I see what actually didn't work in front of me. I moved to Los Angeles after college, and I was trying to work in the film industry, and the TV industry, and I, you know, coming from the Midwest going there, you don't, I didn't know anybody, I didn't know how to do it, like everybody who is in L.A. obviously for the most part is already in that industry, and so for me it became such a struggle as to like how to get your foot in the door, how to meet people, how to, you know, your a, a no name coming out of nowhere. You don't have connections in the, the it's who you know world So it just became what are other avenues that I can do and I just I mean for me personally I started reaching out to random people cold calls cold messages on LinkedIn or people that I found on certain websites of businesses I'd like to work for and just started asking to like interview them or talk to them find out what they've done in their experiences see if they have like a day where I could shadow them just to see and get more experience and meet more people within the field that I wanted to be in just to get that much closer like to gain those contacts and just be like I know this is super random and I know that I found you in a weird way but like if there's any way you can kind of help me close in on what I want to do and get closer to my goals I I don't know what else to do or what other avenues to go for if you can help. And just like reaching out to people and asking for help is such a huge thing because they don't know that you're out there and they don't know that you're looking for those things unless you ask. And so many people, it's a very intimidating thing, but it turns out so many people are willing to help you if you just say what you're looking to do and ask for help, which I think is also one of the biggest things that I've learned is you have to use your network and and meet people and talk to them and let them help you guide where you want to go.
2: This podcast is a sweatlife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please, share it with yours. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, pretty please leave us a rating or a review. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guests this week, Pat Gillis, to Tech Nexus for the recording studio, Kathy Lai for editing, and to you, our listeners.